after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Moving the Goalposts. I'm here with Liam. Um, uh, all right, so you can join us at – you can uh, find our show on YouTube, youtube.com slash ETV Network. Uh, you can follow uh, Empty the Bench Network ETV, at, uh, at etbpodcast.com. Uh, you can listen to Moving the Goalposts wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to like and subscribe. Um you can also follow the show on social media at MTGPETB on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Demar and Liam at Liam MTGP. And this show is presented by Wolf Spreads. All right. So there's a lot to get to. Uh, one, obviously. Harbaugh leaves Michigan for the Chargers. Um, this isn't particularly surprising because we – I mean, it's one of these weird moments where, like, a, a rumor that's been going on for, like, half a decade has finally come true. Uh, every year since, like, he started coaching at Michigan, we've heard rumors about Harbaugh going to the NFL, and it just never happened. Uh, now that he finally a he won he finally won a national championship and b he uh, th- there's a scandal that came about it's not exactly surprising that this happened uh, the only part of this that's kind of surprising is that um, it happened so quickly I'm surprised it happened this quickly I thought maybe it would drag on a little more maybe the Chargers yeah. would interview Belichick or something um, I think that there's a lot of things about this. Uh, one of them that – well, th- there's a few things. One is it could potentially affect uh, Harbaugh's legacy a lot. Um, if Harbaugh ends up winning a national championship with Michigan, as he did, and then ends up winning a Super Bowl with the Chargers, that affects his legacy pretty uh, pretty drastically. Um, also, I, I'm really interested to see what happens to Michigan after Harbaugh leaves because everywhere Harbaugh goes and then leaves, it just turns to absolute shit. It's like LeBron leaving. Like everywhere LeBron goes and then leaves, it, it just – it is a horrible situation every time LeBron leaves. I feel like this is going to happen again. Um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, I think a few things are different this time in terms of uh, things going to shit, but – to address what actually happened, I think it's a good move. Um, I thought Harbaugh was going to leave. I think I think that if there was no scandal, he would probably stay. 
um, that this is probably a two-way leaving. Uh, Harbaugh is a, like a California guy. He was from Palo Alto. He cut his teeth coaching at Stanford. Then he was the 49ers coach. So I thought that this move made sense out West. He's a little bit better suited. Um, you have a, a, a conference that's really tough, so it's going to be a big challenge for him. But uh, I thought it made sense. And he's a, he's won everywhere he's gone. He went to the Super Bowl with San Francisco. He, he did really well at Stanford. Michigan, he won the title. Uh, so this is a good move for the Chargers. It's a great move for Justin Herbert. Um, but in terms of um, him leaving Michigan going to shit, I think it's different because Michigan is going to have a lot of NIL money. Uh, they're one of the biggest programs in the country, and they have a lot of uh, rich alumni. So they're going to have a lot of MNIL money. They're going to do well in recruiting, um, I think, just being the national championships, the brand. But it is a blow because he's a good coach who's won everywhere they went. I mean, you have to think about – we've talked about this on other shows, but where Michigan was when Jim Harbaugh came. Yeah. I, and I, yeah. the Rich Rodriguez years. And, like, this he, – he's won everywhere he goes. Yeah. Um, I think people forget that. Um, and it was all, it was a very common hot take about five, six, seven years ago that, oh, Harbaugh's over, like the Harbaugh's overrated line. It kept, it kept coming up. Harbaugh's overrated, uh, because he wasn't beating Ohio state. I mean, I don't think it's really fair to judge a coach based on how based on basically comparing him to other top programs without taking into account the context of where the program was before he came in. It would be like if somebody became president of like a third world country and said, look, people living here are so, you know, people living here are so hard, uh, living so horribly compared to the United States. It's like, well, it's a third world country. It was like that before. It's the same type of thing with, with college football teams. Like it's, it's, like you have to take into account how much of a joke Michigan was before uh, before Harbaugh took over, and the powerhouse that he turned them into. How many coaches could have done in Michigan what Harbaugh was able to do? I could maybe count on one hand the number of coaches that would have been able to do it. Um, maybe okay, Saban, maybe Kirby Smart, maybe Pete Carroll. Uh, maybe Urban Meyer and, you know, not many other, that, that's pretty much it. I can't think of anybody else that I think would have been able to do as good of a job with Michigan as Harbaugh was able to do. Um, but it is, but now you are right about one thing, which is that NIL money does affect um, uh, like the, the team a lot, but you know, a, a lot of the reason the, there was so much NIL money is because of Harbaugh. I mean, Alabama's lost recruits since Saban left. Like the same thing could happen here. Uh, although it is obviously, it does help that they won a national, that they just won the national championship. Uh, but I'm just saying it will be interesting to see where things go because it wouldn't surprise me if Michigan really goes back down to earth because Harbaugh left, if they're going to start losing to Ohio state again. Um, well, yeah. And remember they're going to get, now they've got to deal with Ohio state, Penn state, the defending uh, – the team they just beat in the championship game is going to be in their conference. Uh, USC, one of the premier programs, is going to be in their conference. UCLA is going to be in their conference now. So it gets harder. But I will say as um, – I will say, though, as a New York Giant fan when whose team has been horrible for the last 10 years, 
I would still take these last 10 years over. I would still take the two Super Bowls that I won and these last two years instead of being good all the time. So if I'm a Michigan fan, even if they're bad, I think you have to just take solace that you've won the national championship and take what comes with it. Yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs) National championship, not a lot. Right. And and he was able, and you know what, you can't ask for much more from him. You know, he won your national championship. What, what more could you really have asked for? It's not like he left without winning anything. And obviously he didn't want to deal with any of the uh, sanctions that apparently. I see a, might uh, yeah, I agree. I could see, by the way, Jim Harbaugh has a shelf life though. Can we agree on that? He goes to places for years and then at some point he expires. And even though he's successful, he does leave there. Yeah, there is some could truth you, to that. Could you um, see a world, by the way, this is going to get into the crazy scenarios, but could you see a world where he's successful with the Chargers but not successful enough and uh, and eventually his shelf life will go and USC has not been uh, producing so well and they get rid of Lincoln Riley and he scoots over? And Harbaugh goes to USC? I thought um, I think that as well is possible after a few years. Well, if you think if you think sports are rigged and it by and writers and there's like a writers room like it's a TV show, I think that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean I suppose it's possible. I mean it would be likely close to a decade in the future. If, right. If, if that were to happen. Um but I just think he has a, a shelf life. Like yes, he's successful, but obviously it you know, he lost the locker room in San Francisco right after going to the Super Bowl. Like, he, he obviously yeah. has a life, same in Stanford. That's true. That's true. Um, it's also true that I guess the reason, yeah, much more of a shelf life than, say, Saban, who is there for, like – But well, here's the thing. He had a shelf life in the NFL. Do you think he really had, had as much of a shelf life in college? Yeah, I mean, it's tough it's because Stanford is kind of like – yeah. I mean, it's coaching college and coaching pros are insanely different, especially like with like, you know, you're, you're coaching like guys in their thirties, grown men, adults, like with a job versus like kids. Right. It's, you know, becomes very different, but he was successful. And you mentioned Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's really the only guy who's been as that successful in both. Yeah. That's why I always was so annoyed at the whole, even like like when it was popular, which nobody's saying anymore, but when it was so popular, like the whole Harbaugh is overrated narrative, how popular it was at the time. Um, and, and that was really what the just standard viewpoint was. Um, and, and I was always annoyed by it because I always thought it was a, a very short-sighted take. Uh, and, you know, just holding college football coaches to like an impossible standard of like landing a plane with no wings. Um, well, now do you think also that when we talk about Michigan's future, do you think I, they're probably going to get sanctioned as well, right? They will, but I don't know how harshly. Do you, th- I think it's possible also that the stuff that we know, the Connor Stallion stuff and the COVID recruiting violations could also just be like what we know. And some other stuff could come out later where it was like, they're going to get sanctioned harder. And this is why he left. I think that's possible as well. Yeah, that, that certainly is possible. I mean, we were, I don't know how much of it is the same. Like it, you did say that you probably would have stayed if not for the sanctions. I mean, I don't know uh, what he, what he was thinking exactly. Um, it, it, he hasn't been at Michigan that long. Uh, it's, I mean, a college. college no, 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. By college standards, I mean Nick Saban was there for like 17 years, I think, whatever it was. Even though the um, long term, I think the long term college coach is kind of starting to go away. You're seeing colleges fire guys a lot quicker, and you're also seeing coaches leave a lot quicker. Right, and yeah. the players going with them. Um, right. Well, the thing is, I, th- I think the reason that there was such a lo- common long term college football coach is because so many of the jobs were just good enough that they didn't want to leave. Right. Like Saban really had nowhere else to go, for instance. He wasn't going to leave Alabama, uh, for instance. Um, And coaches have options. uh, And and they, and uh, you know, I mean, you look at a coach, you look at like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, for instance, you would think that he would be there a lot longer because Oklahoma is a very good job. Right. But USC was just a better job, and he left to go to USC. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah I mean, some schools fire quick, quicker than others. Um, I mean, you you look at something like yeah, yeah, like Kalen Dubor just leaving Washington to go to. Uh, well, well, yeah, Dead Fish left Arizona to go to Washington. Yeah, yeah. You know. Which happens – that happens all the time in uh, college basketball. Like the Cinderella team will lose their coach immediately. Yeah, like, yeah. So that's pretty much always what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, here's a little – all right. So in addition to all the Harbaugh stuff, it's also the NFL playoffs. So I, I do want to get into – I do want to recap some of the games. Uh, I went two for two. So I am 50 – Hold on a second. I am no oh, whatever. I am fifty percent. So, <clears throat> how did you do? You two and go, two. Hmm? two and two, or two 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 four two. I'm sorry, two and two. two. And I don't know how to talk today. Uh, no, I had um, I had uh, the I had the Chiefs and the Packers, and I uh, took the te- my the Texans was my one loss on the on the uh, spread. Oh. The Texans were I also had the Packers. I had the uh, I had I, I think my biggest issue is that I took the Texans. Mm. I guess the, the Texans haven't uh, when I bet against them, they were, when I bet against them the week before, uh they were uh they they ended up uh proving me wrong and then when I bet on them. I mean the thing is the Texans looked pretty good in the first half. I thought they actually I thought they actually had a chance. And the thing is, is that at halftime, I hedged my bet and took the Ravens minus six and a half. And I'm so right. glad I did that. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a smart move. That was the least eventful game. But the Texans, yeah, they looked all right, but they only scored on a punt return. Baltimore's defense is nasty. Um, to talk about the San Francisco game, uh, they were there for the taking um, last week. And um, – Green Bay, I thought, I, I thought was there was a play where it was twenty-one to fourteen, and uh, Aaron Jones ripped off a big run, um, and uh, or sorry, twenty-one to seventeen. Aaron Jones ripped off the huge run that I thought sealed the game, uh, and then it came down to the kick. I mean, yes, it was raining, but th- I kind of blame the Packers that this kid had the most missed kicks in all the NFL. You still are going with him when you could get another kicker. Like teams do that all the time, get other kickers. Yeah. And he stuck with this kid. He missed an extra point. 
Um, and it came down to that. I mean, to be fair to him, you could also argue San Francisco did miss a kick as well. So it kind of evened out, but um, it was, it was uh, not good. And I thought Purdy, he got a lot he had of a very shaky game. He had a terrible game. Yeah, it was raining, but he just had a terrible game. And of course, Debo Samuel going out was big, but it, he had a terrible game and they were there for the taking. Um, and they didn't take it, but uh, a big, the big play was Dre Greenlaw's interception, the first one, because it looked like 21-14, like the Packers had all the momentum. And even though they only got a field goal out of that, the 49ers put them in the, themselves in the position to win. And when in doubt, they relied on McCaffrey, which is he didn't have a great game either, but he, he came up big when it counted, which is sort of what we talked about with San Francisco through the year was much like Michigan, they San Francisco can put up a C C plus C minus game and still win in the playoffs, which is a mark of a good team, which they did on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. It's a mark of a good team, but I mean, they can't keep it up because if they played like that against, if they played like that against like uh, say the Ravens or the chiefs in the super bowl, or well, they against did. the lions, they're not going to win. Well, they did play against the Ravens like that uh, on Christmas and they got smoked. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have to add, by the way, what what was Dre Greenlaw doing at the end of the game? He made the interception that would have that sealed it, and he just wouldn't go down. He was just running for like 40 yards in the rain, like yeah, yeah I, I don't. The whole the whole stadium was screaming at him to go down. Um, and the thing is, that would have affected the spread if he scored. Yeah, it would have because I would have the, 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 the well, the, they would have had to still kick the extra point, but um, but but that but, would yeah. that would still but the spread was what was the spread? It was eight and a half, I think. Eight, oh, no, it was nine, yeah, and a half, nine and a half. Nine and a half. It was nine and, and a half? Okay. Nine was, and a half. I thought it was way too big. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that – and then to go into the um, to go into the uh, game on Sunday, um, it confirmed what a lot of Jet fans have known for a while, which is that Todd Bowles is kind of a moron. <laughs> um, I'm on – I'm anti – I'm on the anti go for two down 14 team. Um, I, I, I kind of kick the extra point. I think I also kind of think when you miss a two point conversion, it takes momentum away of the touchdown that you just scored. Um, and then also, obviously, I think you've seen this, but Detroit made a big mistake where they snapped the ball with 30 seconds left and clocked it, and Tampa Bay didn't use their timeout. Yeah, I was, I, I saw that too. Tampa Bay could have easily used the timeout and forced the field goal. And Todd Bowles, when asked about it afterwards, said that they had no chance. I mean, they had a very low chance. They easily, they certainly could have come back and they could have. I mean, the, how long was the field goal? It was like 40 something, but you would put, I would put, I would just put everyone to block the kick. That's what I'm saying. But it's off. not just that. A 40, like a, a, a kick that long is no guarantee. It, or not even that's a kicks general are no guarantee. There could be a bad snap, a block, yeah. a false start. It's just stupid, like why you would do that. But I feel like Todd Bowles has kind of been, uh, they've kind of won in spite of Todd Bowles at times, which the Jets sort of did as well um, when he was their yeah. coach. Like the the Jets would have been much better getting Doug Marone than Todd Bowles, who they were trying to get that season. But they, um, yeah, I, I mean, I never thought Tampa was good enough. I'm, I have to say I have not been thoroughly impressed in the two playoff wins by Detroit. Neither have I. Um, they, well, they sca- escaped away, which we talked about last week, probably should have lost to the Rams. And then this game was close throughout. 
it was tied late in the fourth and only ended up as a one possession game. Yeah, and, and I don't know if it says more about the Bucks or if it says more about the Lions. Well, like we said, Tampa was kind of only there because of the division they played in, and then right. they it was played like a consolation prize. And they played a team that quit in the playoff game, the first yeah. playoff game. So, so I, yeah, I wasn't thoroughly impressed by them. Um, I, and I guess you could say that about all the teams in the NFC. Yeah, I agree. The, the um, Niners haven't been impressive. No. I mean, like the Niners, they, they were – I mean, the Packers looked – I mean, if all the NFC teams have just made disappointments. The Eagles, the Cowboys, the Niners, all of the – and uh, and uh, in the Lions, they've all been disappointments. And, and yeah. like you said, the Rams should have won that game. I think the Rams looked like the better team that game. The Lions were just home. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then to get to the last game, I have two things to say. One is that it was underrated this season how badly banged up the Buffalo Bills defense was. Yeah. Um, they've been really banged up all season. And also anybody in the NFLers who is saying blaming Josh Allen at all is a moron. Yeah. Um, first of all, Stefan Diggs needs to catch the ball. I mean, that's it. He, he threw a he threw a bomb. Diggs dropped the ball and And it was it was in his hands. And also in terms of Allen, they couldn't run the ball with James Cook. James Cook was getting nothing. And their number two receiver was out. Yeah. So they're playing like shorthanded uh, and they got to it. And I, I, I mean, it's not like, again, like the, the, the kicker was bad in that one play, but it doesn't matter if Stefan Diggs doesn't catch the ball. So I don't know why the kicker was getting so much hate and Stefan Diggs was getting none. Like Diggs dropped the ball as well. Um, and by the way, it's very tough to kick in that wind. Yes, exactly. It, it it's is, a horrible day. Yeah. It, it, like most kickers, I feel like most kickers wouldn't have been able to make that kick. Like if you play, if they played in a dome, I think that's, yeah. I think he makes that kick. But be, because of the weather, but it's not just that. When I hear something interesting, Josh Allen led the team in rushing. You know, it's bad when, you know, it's bad when your quarterback leads the team in rushing. I mean, that I mean, the quarterback should never be leading the team in rushing, maybe two or three, but you have to have at least one running back that you can rely on. And James Cook, James Cook, they weren't able to rely on at all. Um, they actually ran it better than they actually ran better than they have in previous years on the season as a whole. They were a better running team than they normally have been. Yeah. But this team obviously are bad. Yeah. And, and yeah, Josh Allen averaged the most yards um, other than Stefan Diggs, who had one who had one carry. He averaged six yards per carry which was better than all the running backs. And the the number three receive, uh, receiver was Latavius Murray. He had more receiving yards than Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Like a, I, a running it was, back. It was a, a bad weather game. And the Chiefs, of course, you know, came out on top. I mean, I also don't understand, like, how Travis Kelsey gets wide open. I mean, he's literally the only guy that can catch a pass on the team. He yeah. should be double teamed every second. Um, and then also – I mean, it didn't really affect the outcome, but like how, how, again, like a lot of the chiefs take a lot of liberties with the refs that pass interference call late in the game was so horrible. I mean, they, you pushed them like one yard off the line of scrimmage and they called the pass interference. They gave the chiefs a first down instead of a fourth down. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how that gets called in that situation. Did you see about the ref, the, the, the ref that they brought in his, the, the road team is 70% win percentage when he refs. Yeah. I heard that. So, the, yeah, the ref for this particular game. For the Bills-Chiefs, yeah. Hmm. I wonder if 
I wonder how common it, it's one of these things where it's I th- I think like is it like correlation or causation is something like that common with every ref or a yeah. lot of refs? Yeah, I don't know because it's different in the NBA because you have a, a a lot of um, a lot of, of crew like you have a lot more crew. But as someone pointed out too, the, the, the guy had penalized the Bills like the most of any team that he's that he's um, yeah left is lose. Um, I wanted to also uh, point out a stat. Um, that you would like, which is that since 2000, uh, the Bills and Dolphins have combined to appear in one AFC championship game <laughs> and the Jets have appeared in two. Yeah, that's pretty – it doesn't feel like that. No. But do you – with all the, like, misery and suffering they go through, do you still hate the Bills? No. I never really did. Um, Here's the thing. I don't think – the only team in the NFL that I really hate – is the Patriots. I don't, maybe when I was younger, I was like this. I am not the most vengeful sports fan exactly when it comes to like teams. I mean, maybe for players as individual, maybe for players individually, I might feel that way, but I, I only have a limited amount of like energy to hate teams. So I hate very few teams and most of them are in baseball. Uh, I mean, I kind of, I, I guess I kind of hate the Celtics and I kind of hate the Nets a little bit. Um, yeah. So I hate them, but I don't really, and I certainly hate the Patriots, but in, I think most of my hate, I, like I certainly hate the Braves and I hate the Phillies um, Yankees. and the Yankees. I think like the teams that I hate the most tend to be in baseball. Cause I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't really see a reason to hate the bills because the Jets and bills aren't really big rivals anymore. Right. But well, like the, the, the Bills yeah. have been so much better. And I don't know, it, like some Jet fans are like, we hate everybody in the division. I don't. I mean, I just see them as in completely different worlds. Um, I, I guess some of I guess some of the reason that I hate the teams that I do is just how I was gr- at, like just growing up, like growing up. The Mets went through a phase of being rivals with the Braves and with the Phillies. So mm-hmm. I, I've learned to hate both teams. And when I was younger, there was cut. There was a rivalry with the Patriots and the whole cheating scandal and all that, which made me kind of hate them. Um, but it wasn't like that with the Bills. Would so you agree? I, I was actually rooting for the Bills. Would you agree? By the way, I don't know if, how you feel because you we were both kind of younger. But the Bills, like this this window of Bills, has kind of reminded me of like the early two late ninety early two thousand Jets teams. Like they were always getting to the divisional round right there. They had a really good team and then just never got there. Mm. Those test of teams, like they were always divisional round and then just didn't get to win. I, I think the Bills have more of a chance to win a Super Bowl than those late 90s, early 2000s teams did. But, I mean, I have such limited memory of those teams. Right. We were so young. It's like yeah. it, it, it is a little different, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean – the thing is, everybody wants to criticize Josh Allen for and, – and I'm not denying that he's ever made mistakes, but, like, the reason they were even, like, the Bills are even as good as they are is because of Josh Allen. Right. And like <laughs> we said, yet the whole defense was banged up, and there was no Gabe Davis. James Cook couldn't run the ball. Like, so he had to essentially do it on his own, and he should have won the game. Like, and then he got a missed field goal and a perfect pass that was dropped. Like, so – I don't really know what else he really could have done. And he's going up against 
possibly the greatest quarterback ever. So, you know, I can't blame him at all. Like he's done, he's, there's, he made, he throws an interception every game, but you would take the bad with the good every time because the good is so much better. Yeah. And here's, and here's the thing. It's like the best quarterbacks often throw a lot of interceptions. Here's the thing. Josh Allen needed to do so much in that game. It made interceptions so much more likely to happen. And given the fact that James Cook, who was supposed to be the best running back, didn't do shit. Stefan Diggs didn't do shit. Gabe Davis wasn't uh, – it was yeah. injured. It's like he was getting no help. But also they had a bunch of injuries on defense. And the, like the thing with the Stefan Diggs play is if that is your like fifth best receiver, I'm not going to criticize you too much for that. But it's when you're the star receiver and you're being count- – and they're counting on you the most. And you've been trying like all year. You have to make that catch. Josh Allen couldn't have made year. a better throw. He's been crying the whole year, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we have to address real quick. I, we'll get to the picks in one sec. I just want to address two things on this game as well. Uh, the fake punt was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I forgot it about that. It was way too much yardage, and they did it to a defensive player. Uh, and then also, just reiterate, I liked it because I can't stand the Chiefs, and I was rooting for the Bills. Uh the 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 fumble in the back of the end zone rule has to be changed. Yeah, I mean, it's such a stupid rule. It's the, well, they are changing it. Well, it's it, it, it they're it's, changing it's, it next year. I could be wrong. Right. He should have. He shouldn't have even tried to. By the way, it was like first down, and he was trying to reach when it, if he just if he just kept it there, it would have been first and goal in the inch yard, second and goal in the inch yard line. Like, but um, yeah, that that was the other thing I had in the game. The the, the, the fake punt just made no sense. It made no sense at all, um, especially given the fact that the Bills de- – I mean, people are talking about Josh Allen. The problem was not offense. It was defense. Their defense was horrible. And you know a defense is bad when the other team gets the ball and you're like, they're not going to stop them. Right. That's how I felt. I Every single time the Chiefs got a possession, I was like, the, the, the Bills really are – they can't stop a nosebleed right mm-hmm. now. You know when that happens when you watch the games, and that's how I felt watching that game. I was like, there really just is no chance the Bills are going to stop this, whereas the Chiefs' defense actually looked okay. Um, and that that really, I think, is what – I really do think that's what killed them. Um, and, yeah, that fake punt in that situation – it happened to not be that big of a deal in that particular situation, but it could have been a lot worse. Only because of the touchback. Otherwise, it would have been a touchdown. Right, Exactly. It's it's the dumbest it's the dumbest rule. Agreed. It's it, it it makes the least amount of sense. It's like it would be like if you ha- if you lose possession if you fumble the ball out of bounds. Yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid. It, shouldn't it be like okay, you get the ball at the one yard line? Yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense. I agree. I, I never I never understood it. Um, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be the dumbest rule. It, it, you know what? You know what else is a dumb rule? I think is uh drop third strike. Yeah. That's another dumb rule. I never understood the drop third strike. Like, you strike out. You shouldn't – like, if you strike out, you strike out. You shouldn't be able to, like, run to first base. Right. I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what the – I could look I could look this up. Uh, yeah. I'm going to see if I uh, – I don't know. I don't know. I can I couldn't find exactly what it uh, what the new yeah. rule is going to be. 
Uh, but yeah, they, they, they need to, and it never, it never made any sense to me. It was just so overly punitive. Like if you fumble it out of bounds, like in, uh, an inch before the end zone, you you get the ball in the one yard line. But if you, if it's an, if it's into the end zone, then yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It, 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 then uh, it's a touchback for the other team. Never made any sense. Um, all right. So I do want to make some picks. Chiefs at Ravens minus three and a half over under 44 and a half. Um, honestly, I think I like the Chiefs to cover. Um, the half a point scares me a little bit. Um, I, I think there's a few things. I think the Ravens are a better team for sure. Especially, I think they have an advantage given that they're playing at home. Like they have home field advantage and all that. But I think the Chiefs could keep it close with just about anybody. I feel like they're able to really turn it on. I think they're a very good clutch team. And the Ravens do have a history of just folding in big spots. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't really shock me if the Chiefs are able to pull this off somehow. Uh, it, I don't know. What, what do you think? Well, I have to say, first of all, please, God, Lamar Jackson, save this country from the overload overload of Taylor Swift that will happen if the Chiefs win this game. It's already overload, and it's going to – okay. Uh, but I am with you lockstep. I'm actually going to go Kansas City on the money line, and I agree with everything you said. I think they've turned it on. I think when you talk about the three and a half, when the Chiefs also lose like big games, they never lose them clo- uh, uh, in a blowout. So yeah. I, I could see it being very close. But I agree, and I think that the hardest thing to do against the Ravens is to run. And the one team that could do it was uh, the Rams. The Rams just ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it until they were starting to run it down their throats. Isaiah Pacheco could do that, and I, I, I think it's going to be. I got my my pick. I would take Chiefs plus three and a half, Chiefs money line, and I would also take the over. Yeah, I would probably go with the over too. 44 and a half is you, you just never the thing the reason I, I I like the over in a lot of these playoff games because just very last minute a lot of scoring changes might happen. Um I don't know what the weather is supposed to be like. Um I don't know if that'll I don't know if it's supposed to be cold or anything. In, well, it'll uh, be cold, but the, yeah, I I mean the, the Ravens are so good, but it's just hard to go against the Chiefs. Like, I mean, I thought the Bills were the better team, honestly, than the Chiefs yeah. as well. Um, um, Yeah, I totally did. I totally did, too. It's like, the and, and, and they were, and, and the Bills also, they looked like the hottest team in the league. I said it last, I said it last week, that they looked like the hottest team in the league, and they were playing with the, such an extreme sense of urgency. I mean, it's also, a, it, it, it's also like a very Bills thing to collapse in a big spot. It is. The Chiefs, and like you said, it's a very Ravens thing as well. Uh, the Chiefs, except the Ravens have a couple more Super Bowls, but um, the Chiefs also, like, even when they win, win or lose, the Chiefs always just play close games. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which is why, yeah, it's very rare for them for them to lose a game, a big game like this by more than three. That's why they're, they're, act, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL against the spread, but only because the Chiefs are always, like, big favorites. And yeah, it's, it's a close game, but they're a horrible team to bet on if they're a favorite. But underdog, I'll take them. Yeah, no, no, I, I yeah, I'm to- we're totally in lockstep on that. Um, all right, so Lions at Niners. Um, 
I feel sort of similar in this case. Uh, I think this game, I think there's a bigger gap between the Niners and Lions. Although the, the thing is, I, I like the Lions to be able to cover. I think this game can be close. I was underwhelmed by the 40, by the Niners' performance against mm-hmm. the Packers. Uh, I don't. I don't know if the Niners really are that much better uh, than the Lions. And I also think the Lions, they can they can score a lot of points and they can keep it close against good teams. And, you know, I just think seven points is too much. Um, I, I'm actually going to completely disagree on this one. I think a few things. I think the 49ers having a close game last week helps them. Um, it wakes them up pushes them a little bit more. Also last week while we talked about it was driving rain. There was no Debo Samuel. True. And the Lions, yeah, they've they've won two games against the Rams who were projected to win five games at the start of the year. Now they had a good season, but they're not, you know, the most talented team. But but they were good late in the season. Uh and the Buccaneers, they had the advantage of having an insane crowd that hadn't seen a playoff win in 30 years. It's a great story. Um, but I, 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 I'm going Niners. Niners are so talented. I think they were there for the taking last week. And when the team's there for the taking, that's they normally aren't there for the taking more than once. So I, I think that they're – and I, I agree. I think the talent gap is far bigger than it is in the other game. Yeah, much. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. All I'm saying is, uh, what I what I do want, what I is is that like I don't know. I just feel like the Lions could cover this spread. I mean, now seven points is not that hard of a spread to cover. It's yeah, not. I remember, the Lions are not like the thing is that the I would also take the over because the thing is the Lions are not that good defensively. Now the 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 Packers are not that good defensively, but their defense have been playing very well. The Lions defense hasn't been playing that that well. Like the Lions just yeah. aren't the best defensive team, right? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that I, I think that the Lions can give up. I, I'm more confident in the over, I think, in this game than I am in mm-hmm. any sort of spread pick. Well, I think if you like the Lions, you have to take the over because I think the only way that the Lions cover is if they is if it becomes a track meet. True. If they score a lot of points, if this is a low scoring game, I feel like there's no way they cover because yeah. if it's a low scoring game, most of, like the Niners are going to score a lot of points, no matter what, I feel like right. the only way the lions can keep up is if they score a lot. Yeah. I agree. Um, and, and I don't really think it's really impossible for that to happen. I, I don't know. No. Um, it's, it, this is one of the best lions teams we've ever seen. Best Lions team ever. Probably, probably the best Lions team we've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, great. yeah, come to think of it. Yeah, I mean, there was – this is certainly better than the 2014 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so I do want to get into some NBA stuff. So Doc Rivers was hired as the Bucks head coach. The Bucks fired Adrian Griffin, and it looks like they're celebrating the, – the, it looks like the Bucks are throwing a party over this. I don't know if you saw yeah. if you saw that that uh video on Twitter of yeah. the Bucks account showing the players dancing around. I uh, did. It, the interesting thing is I've never seen a a coach lose the locker room but still actually have a very good team. Like the players 
obviously hated him. <laughs> right. uh, but they were still winning a lot. And obviously it, it seemed like he was pushed out because the players didn't like him. And I've ne- it's not very common you see that. Um, it, it, he probably is the type of guy that is just like, a, it seems like kind of a jerk and doesn't get along with anybody. Uh, it, it almost sort of like Mark Jack, like Mark Jackson was kind of pushed out because he wasn't very well liked. Yeah. Well, all, you know, Adrian Griffin had a horrible start to his tenure in Milwaukee. All he did was go 30 and 13 and be second in the Eastern Conference. That's um, but the biggest loser in this is not Adrian Griffin because he gets a buyout of his contract. The biggest loser by far is ESPN. ESPN got rid of Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, who are beloved by fans, and brought in Doc Rivers for their top booth, and they lose him two months into the season. And to top that all off, they were completely cuckolded by CNN, who reported that Doc Rivers was the Bucks head coach first. You have the guy in the building, and you aren't the first to report it. It's yeah. insane. And now you have no Jeff Van Gundy, no Mark Jackson, and all you have is Mike Breen and Doris Burke when you have – uh, you know, two months till the playoffs is wild. Um, I also don't like Doc Rivers is he won a championship with a great Celtics team, but he is a perpetual playoff choker. And yeah. the Bucks, I, I don't like the Bucks. I I hate the Nets, but I wish, wish, wish that Kevin Durant had stepped one toe behind that line, uh, and the Bucks <laughs> would be a different narrative. But the NBA has um, the Bucks. The Bucks are the load. Yeah. The luckiest of all time. They are. And the NBA is, I texted our friend Dave Herman today this, that they should have, the Bucks should have just made Giannis a coach. Because <laughs> what's yeah. like, honestly, but they sh- I didn't think they should have fired Budenholzer. And then uh, if you remember, Adrian Griffin uh, had a problem at the start of the year where Terry Stotts, who was the coach of Portland for those years with um, McCollum and Lillard, he just quit because he couldn't like work with him anymore. And that was like the first sign. It's like, well, this is not maybe the best situation. Yeah, that's it. It is kind of it is kind of nuts. How I mean, the question is, is he going to get a job somewhere else? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, given given the track record that that he has with players or the reputation, I mean, it reminds sort of- me kind of of it remind, the Boonholzer one reminded me kind of when. Uh, the Nets fired Kenny Atkinson. And the irony of that situation is Kenny Atkinson then went to Golden State and won a ring without Kevin Durant, and he was pushed out of Brooklyn without, with, yeah. by Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, but I tend to really think that of the sports, I don't know much about hockey, so whatever hockey, but uh, I think that of the pro sports, the NBA has uh, the least uh, necessity for a head coach. The least necessity for a head coach, or the least, or, or the least impactful. I guess you could argue right. the least necessity. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like the, the the coach doesn't really. I don't know how big of a difference the coach makes if you have a really talented team. I do think they're different things, though. Yeah, I do think they're different things. Um, I think every sport kind of needs a head coach a little bit. I think you're mm-hmm. right, although I do think the head coach of an NBA team is typically overall more impactful than mm-hmm. the manager of a baseball team. Yeah. Because the manager of a baseball team usually, I mean, there's certain strategic things that managers of baseball teams can do, but mm-hmm. I, I think that in basketball, it could affect a lot more. Like there are some great 
basketball coaches. And there are times when like you might have a bunch of players that would otherwise be like nobodies that Mm. these coaches end up getting the most out of. I mean, I think a perfect example is like Eric Spolstra. He would get the most out of players that are like just nobodies anywhere else. Like if, if they are on the Knicks, they would be like bums and, He's able to win games with these guys. I think you see that a lot in basketball. You, you couldn't in baseball. You couldn't get that if a guy can't hit. A guy can't hit. Like you're not going to be able to like win a World Series with a bunch of players who suck. Whereas basketball, it's a little different. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I just thought it was kind of funny that the players were like just, at the the account put out a video of the players like dancing around after he was fired. That was wild. Wild. Uh, yeah. So uh, another another story, the Timberwolves co- uh basically Carl Anthony Towns scored 62 points and the Timberwolves lost. And Chris Finch uh we have the video. Chris Finch criticized uh criticized uh the, the player, uh, criticized Towns. Uh we have that video, right? Mm-hmm. All right feed a hot hand look for a hot hand but at some point we gotta get back to making the right play we gotta get back to doing the right things um and um you know that's just uh like i said there's a lot of ways to be immature there's always a lot of ways to be immature um and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the the roster we totally disrespected the game ourselves um and we got exactly what we deserve so Chris, did, did you also see? I mean, did it turn into Carl trying to hunt like a absolutely a, a big number? And- yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, but for a while, I mean, it was going. Um, but you know, down the stretch, we you got uh, you know kind of dropped right up for us. But uh, um, yeah, so why? <laughs> yeah, so that is a crazy that that is a crazy thing to say. Um, although, I mean, the thing is. I don't know how what's crazier, the fact that a player scored 62 points and they still lost or the fact that or the fact that they also lost to the Charlotte Hornets. This is not like a good like the Charlotte Hornets are horrible. Yeah. So to put it into context, um, he had 62 points, get 40 in the first half. So you 40 at halftime. And uh, you start thinking about these big numbers, you know, Kobe, 81. um Will Chamberlain 100, which we'll get, you know, Will, Will Chamberlain 100 did not happen, by the way. No, it um, didn't. <laughs> uh, but um, they, they have they have pictures of uh, Will Chamberlain doing literally every single thing except scoring 100 points. Um, but they, like you said, they lost to the Tim, to the Hornets, who were horrible. Like the Charlotte Hornets are a terrible team. And while I think he's maybe right, and Anthony Edwards said after the game that they were definitely trying to get him some kind of record. Um, I think that like we were just talking about, like you can't really talk about players like that in the NBA because they'll switch up so quickly. Uh, and the Timberwolves are the tied for the number one seed. There's three teams tied for the number one seed right now, the, the Thunder, the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. And so the Timberwolves are having a good season. Like I, I, I thought, I agree. Like I thought it was like unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the player that like, he was saying they, disrespected the game because a player scored. He said because they, they, he thought that they were just worrying about getting him a lot of points. Right. Right. I, I see what you're saying. Um, do you think there might be some truth to that? Yeah. 
Anthony Edwards said it after the game. But I also think that that blowing gigantic leads is not like I don't can't count any like gigantic lead as a blown lead in the NBA because that's just how games work. Like a team goes up twenty now and it gets tied in the fourth quarter. Like that just happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, like losing, but I mean, the, the thing is, usually, like when, usually when one player scores a whole lot, like usually they they, they can at least win, right? Like I don't yeah. know. Like the thing is, if the players were so worried about, like if all the players were so worried about, like him, Towns putting up sixty two points, don't you think that is very that kind of reflects coaching? Yeah. Like but, it very much reflects coaching if they care so much more about that than they do about winning. Well, the crazy thing was he didn't even score the most points in the NBA. That I, mean, day. Was, I mean, right. It's not like he put up a, a, it was 62, right, which is very impressive, but like yeah. it, it really, I, I mean, I'd rather, I, I'd rather get the win. Yeah. It, it was crazy. It, it's, he didn't even put up the most in the day, which by the way, would you, I don't know if you, you're, you'll come on board with me on this take, but I've had this take for a while. Because uh, we were talking about the other game, um, I, when healthy, I think that uh, Embiid is the best player in the league if he's fully healthy. Yeah, um, maybe either him or Jokic. Uh, I yeah. feel really feel like it's a bit of a return for the big men. Uh, that like the best players are now big men. I well, mean, they, it, it, the game evolved. Yeah, big. Well, the game has evolved, but what happened was the game evolved, and then big men were very then like true centers were right. very much phased out. Like the yeah. Warriors are able to win titles with Draymond Green as their five, and he's not a right. center by any means. Um, but now, so many of them are more athletic. Uh, it, the problem is, so many centers like Embiid, especially when they're athletic, get injured a lot. Um, yeah, I, I think that might be true. I think there might be some truth to that. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet, but it also, like, it, I, you also have to see them in the playoffs. Like, okay, they might be better in the regular season, but. They're not good in the playoffs. What's so the point of being so good in the regular season? Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, Embiid's health has always been his issue. Yeah, that's all that. So I, I think that that could certainly be true. All right. So we do want to get into some of the Knicks stuff. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about this with Jay, uh, with Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, huge win last night. I don't care what yeah. anyone says about the amount of score. First of all, uh, how do you wake up in the morning if if you're uh, and we, and we know a couple, but how do you wake up in the morning if you're a Brooklyn Net fan? I mean, that was Madison Square Garden last night. I don't know if there was a Net fan in the building. I don't know if the I don't know if anything. You all the duct tape in the world couldn't have shut up Net fans like that. It was insane. And also the NBA. We've talked about this before. The NFL is king by far, but the NBA is so much better at marketing than the other the other two. Yeah. Uh, MLB. And last night they had a double header on national television of Knicks nets and Lakers Clippers. Like that's so smart. You get the biggest markets and like all these teams. Um, two things I wanted to add one. Uh, I think that Julius Randall got a lot of, is still getting a lot of unnecessary hate from that Atlanta series. Cause he's a really good player yeah. and he's consistent. Um, he has some bad nights, but he's consistent. Also um, Jalen Brunson, like is not getting the all-star vote is crazy like i saw last night like um candace parker who's kind of been anti jalen brunson she had donovan mitchell ahead of him and she said that uh the uh the reason was because of record the the cavaliers are half a game above the knicks yeah um, <laughs> that means but the other thing that i don't understand is i don't feel like also like nick 
fans and the city understands this is, in my opinion, and you're going to, I think, say somebody else, but in my opinion, this is the best player we've had uh, since Patrick Ewing. He is unbelievably good, and he's going under the radar. I think you're going to say Carmelo Anthony, but he is going I mean, under the radar. I, I would probably say Melo, but it's hard to it's hard to compare them because Melo was here for such a long time, and Brunson just got here. Yeah, I, I so agree, but he, he's been unbelievable. And he was good – like, he was good against – he was really good in the playoffs last year, and he was good in the second round as well, even though he lost. But – I, I don't know what you think. I would like to get um, uh, Malcolm Brogdon or Bruce Brown. Um, we need another piece. But Ananobi's been really good. And yeah. Precious Achua was not bad last night because Isaiah Hartenstein didn't play. Um, now, the, the thing that I would caution Knicks fans are is on, excuse me, is uh, that the Knicks are 27 and 17. Uh, we're 19 and 0 against teams under 500, which is good. Uh, but we're seven and seventeen against teams above five hundred. So that is now you can only play what's in front of you. And the one thing that you'll say about the Knicks is that they they never play down to the competition. Obviously, it's a nineteen and zero against under five hundred teams. But I, I don't know how far they can go. I think we still need to make another move. But Knicks fans should be really like happy. Like we're there's no chance we even play in the play in. Like we're locked in. We're going to yeah. be a playoff team. We're probably going to get to the second round. And we have a great Brunson is great and. Randall's great. Just because they're not huge names doesn't mean they haven't been playing great. Yeah. Well, my question would be how many NBA teams have winning records against above 500 teams? Yeah, I don't know that. But where where are you able to find that? uh, Yeah, we'll be able to find it. Um, But I I don't know. What what do you think about them at this juncture? Mm, I, I, I feel like I still feel like I need to see more. Uh, just yeah. because they start off very good doesn't mean they're going to finish very good. Um, I would say, look, it's a long season, although the playoffs are slightly creeping. Um, I will say a few years ago, we did lose hope in the Knicks and we said fire everybody. I think that no team really proved me wrong quite as much as the Knicks have. If you look at like, yeah. like we were really mad at Randall and, we, we were really mad at Thibodeau and Leon Rose. And I don't know, like, I really don't think it was really all that warranted. Yeah. Well, we, I think we thought at that time because the Knicks had just went to a playoff series against the Hawks and then they, they had failed out and then they had a bad season the next season. And a lot of Knicks fans, I think were thinking of it as, well, the aberration was when the Knicks went to the playoffs that year, but it turns out the aberration was that season where they were bad because they've been really good. And like, the Knicks, Knicks fans were clamoring and dying, myself included, for Kyrie and KD and all these big name free agents. And this, the signing of Brunson kind of went under the radar when it first happened. This is possibly their best free agent signing in the history of the franchise. I mean, yeah. And the crazy thing is, and, and the crazy thing is, I didn't like it at the time, and I've never felt so dumb. That was right. My, that might have been my coldest take ever. And I've had a well, lot. You're of happy really, to be dumb. Yeah, you're happy I, to be dumb. I've had a lot of really cold takes. I think that's got to be my coldest. But it's probably the, the most happy you've been about being a, a, a dumb take. Yes, it, it, you're right. It, it's the happiest I've been about a dumb take. Because uh, usually when I'm when I'm when I don't like something that one of my teams does, I'm usually right about it. 
Right. <laughs> like, I mean, most I, of the time I'm right about it. My my theory, my thinking going into now is that the Knicks can beat any team in the Eastern Conference in a series except for the top three. I don't think they could beat Philly. I don't think they could beat Milwaukee. I don't think they could beat Boston. But I think they definitely could beat Cleveland and everyone else in the East. I think they could Are you there? You're. Yeah, hold on one sec. My, sorry. Um, sorry, I went out there. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's what I think. I just think they can beat the top three. They can't beat the yeah. top three. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I would be worried about those. I mean, the Sixers. I mean, the thing with the, maybe with maybe if the Sixers have enough injuries. Yeah. Or if the Knicks make another move. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know what they're gonna. We, we don't know. We've only, got, we've only got about like a week or so left till the yeah. deadline. Um, they're they're playing. The, the Knicks are the Knicks are playing. Uh, oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, the show comes out. I, I was I was looking at the wrong day. Um, okay, I was I was gonna say Nuggets, but by the time the show comes out, it's. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I I do want to talk about a little bit this Caitlin Clark thing. Okay, so I'm going to say what everybody else is saying. This is a flop of the century. Another thing I want to talk about, how do they still allow fans to storm the court in colleges, in after college games, the court in the field? In professional sports, they never allow that anymore. It's, I mean, they did in like the 69 World Series. Uh, right. When the Mets won, they stormed the field. Uh, it's yeah. crazy they still allow that. Am I, am I crazy about that? Uh, well, I th- first first of all, I have a problem with that headline down there. Uh, the, I agree with you. It was a flop. First of all, the fa- initially it looks like the fan runs into her. She initiates contact. Yeah, Clark. she ran into the fan. I've had a problem with Caitlin Clark. She's an amazing player. But I thought with the LSU thing, she spent the whole NCAA tournament like going like this, making fun of her opponents. And then when Angel Reese did this, they had a problem with it. Like, no, no, no. To be fair, Caitlin Clark did not have a problem with it. Okay, so she fair didn't enough. say anything. But the other, th- uh, I disagree with you. I am. I love court storms. Uh, I do think that there needs to be, there used to be an unwritten rule, which was, in my opinion, it should be top five. You beat a top five team. And also, I don't think like you could beat a top five team and be ranked eight. Like you have to be almost unranked or uh, or very close. This field storming has gotten out of control until like Colorado stormed the field when they beat Nebraska this year. Like the field storming has gotten out of control. In I like field storming, but in that they're just doing it now. Yeah. Like, just it a, it, well, remember meaningful. when Clemson beat Syracuse, not last year, it was the year before, I think. The, Clem- the Clemson stormed the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you beat Syracuse. Notre Dame, like like Notre Dame stormed the field. Um, who the hell they beat? They beat somebody and they stormed the field. And it's like you're no oh Clemson. And they it was like I know that Clemson's number one, but you're Notre Dame. You yeah, and Clemson the- wasn't very good last year either. <laughs> um, no, it was um this was like twenty six. What was it? Twenty twenty. Um, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I, I just I, I I like court storming, but I just think it's gone like too far. This one, I mean, I, this is fair. Like I was a gigantic team, the best team in the country. But uh, 
I, I, I am a court swimming fan. And it also reminds me when Auburn beat Alabama a couple of years ago and Auburn fans ran onto the field and the woman got stuck in the bushes. I don't know if you remember that one, but uh, one of the Auburn fans got stuck in the bushes. But it, it, it's great. My favorite court swimming moment, I think, I don't know if you remember this, but when Indiana hit the buzzer beater to beat uh, Kentucky and the ball just went in the hoop and then everybody just rushed on. That's yeah. my favorite one. But I agree. It's, it's, it is like somebody obviously is going to get like her. And I also think like fans who go on the field and like, like if you remember when, um, when, uh, who, who was it that beat uh, USC this year and uh, a kid like ran onto the field and gotten like Caleb Williams's face, that, that kid is a huge loser. Yeah. Like the people that get into the players' faces, two are morons. But most of the people who storm the field are not doing that. Or not, but I'm just saying the people that do do it are just like the biggest morons. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is a flaw. I mean, but well, I really do like uh, the whole. I like when when you're at a game and there's a streaker. I always hope there's a streaker every time I'm at a yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Like, here's the thing. I am not anti-court storming. To be clear, I'm not opposed to it. What I will say is, it's just weird that they still allow it. Yeah, I know. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I agree. like look. If I if I didn't go to a big enough college to the point where we would storm the court or the field, and look, I, I'm not necessarily going to say that they shouldn't allow it. Um, I think there should always be some type of risk that you're willing to like. I don't know. I, I'd say let let the fans have fun. I guess um, it it just is bizarre that they still allow it. That like like in professional sports, they never allow it anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, it 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 you you would think that they wouldn't allow it, um, right? It, especially when the fans are like disproportionately younger and intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing in professional sports, but they're not disproportionately college students. So I think college students are probably rowdier, and it might be a little more dangerous for them to be storming the court. Well, like <laughs> the, when they, when they had the malice at the palace, I don't know, but there was a guy that uh, Ron Artest was about to punch, and uh, he slipped. But if he had um, – not our test, one of the guys on the Pacers. But if he, had, if he hadn't have slipped and he had made contact, he would have, the guy would have been, like, breathing out of the straw. Yeah. Like, the, the, so there, it, it can obviously get out of control. Yeah. <laughs> well, malice at the palace, that was like – But they did really, come out. Yeah, it did really taint the image of uh, mm-hmm. the Pacers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a little before our time. We were very young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I, I do want to – I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just like fights in sports in general. No, I do too. Especially yeah, do. in baseball because baseball is so slow and everything. Um, yes. All right, so you want to talk about this uh, Virgin Atlantic flights? This So this flight got canceled because some guy saw bolts were missing? Yeah, so it was on the going from London to New York, and some guy saw that the, the uh, engine was missing like two bolts, and then they well, – I think it was the it. wing or something. The wing, yeah, yeah, the wing. Uh, and the wing was missing two bolts, and they looked at it and were like, yeah, you're right, and they had to delay the flight. And it just brings back, obviously, what happened with the Alaska Airline flight, um, which was missing bolts. The craziest thing about that Alaska Airline flight was it wasn't the exit door that came off. Like, you could understand the, the way the exit door is propelled to open. But, like, that was, the, like, the scariest thing. And I don't understand how in 2024 we're still, like, dealing with this. Like – missing bolts like how this is like so easy to fix it's and, like the most basic thing I mean, but, but bad week to be a boeing stockholder by the way yeah <laughs> really. but, but I, was, I was thinking uh i think the scariest i think the craziest part of this is that a passenger noticed it yeah 
like, yeah. how does like what percentage of passengers would notice that if I if there was a missing bolt, I don't think I would ever notice. Yeah. I don't My think I've ever noticed a bolt at all. Like somebody like you must be like a plain nerd if you can notice something like that. But also like what if they had ended up flying? What would have happened? Yeah, I don't know. And and, and yeah. Would I the know. plane just crash? I, I don't know. And what like I, I, I yeah. I mean it 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 vindicates the people who clap when the plane lands, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's just crazy to me. And it's also crazy to me like how much money they spend on airlines that like or the miracle on the Hudson that like a couple of Canadian geese took down the whole plane. Yeah, yeah, I was like, thinking was that too. Couldn't that happen? Like, but like, don't you think there might be a way to like prevent geese from entering the engine? Yeah, like you would think, like you would think that happened more often. But like, I just don't understand like how we're this like advanced in technology and like we're so still doing stuff like this, like missing bolts and whatever, and what happened on Alaska Airlines. And the funniest thing was that they gave like everyone fifteen hundred dollars, which is like. Sorry, you almost died. Here's yeah. they, 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 you should be getting millions. You should be like I think that honestly, you should get free fights for life for that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and it also reminds me of uh, Jerry Seinfeld had a bit where he was talking about pilots will be like, well, we're uh, we're upping our speed, so we'll be able to get the, the um, now we'll be able to get there a little quicker. Like, why don't they just go the full speed the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> up speed. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this is crazy. I, it, it, it's it, I've never been a person that's scared to fly. I think like the the I'm not scared to fly. I just hate like the the flying part, like just dealing with the public stuff like that. Yeah. Like I had a family on my flight to Los Angeles who was like their kid was like being annoying and they wouldn't, they were trying to get him to sit, but they wouldn't get out of the aisle way while like people were boarding the plane and stuff. So the whole plane got like delayed like 30 minutes because we won't get out of the aisle. Like that stuff is worse about flying than scary, but this is bad. The, the thing is flying is not dangerous. No. It just feels dangerous. I, I mean, statistically you're more likely to die in a car. And, and by the way, what you brought up about the engines is that like animals never get in your car's engine. Right. Well, the, the plane engines are open, though. But yeah. But why do they have to be open? I, that I don't know. But because they use probably the wind or whatever. But uh, I just think it's crazy that you could get like one geese almost took down, like took out two hundred people. Right. I, I don't. It, it. I don't know. I don't know how that happens. Yeah. Uh. It, yeah. I. I, so. I, I don't know. <laughs> that is. It, I, I would be like. I, I. I can't imagine how livid I would be if I was on that flight. Well, the, the the crazy thing was the Alaska Airlines, the people uh, that were supposed to be sitting on right at that door didn't make the flight. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, imagine how lucky you get. Like, it, it, Unless those people also would have been able to notice it. No, the, like the door that ripped open on Alaska Airlines. Oh, oh, that one. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The two people that were there didn't make the flight. They would have been killed. I was like, you know that um, Seth MacFarlane, the guy who created Family Guy, he had the ticket for uh, – Flight ninety three and, and and slept in. Yeah, I know the greatest snooze alarm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that it's just crazy. Um, so there's there's this other. I mean, it, it. I haven't been on a plane in almost five years. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I I, to, I totally agree that the experience is not pleasant. But I've never been. I've never really felt nervous about it. Uh, some maybe I feel a little nervous under when there's turbulence or something. Yeah. Um, but I guess like this does sort of vindicate the people afraid of flying arguments or like, see what, see what could happen. I mean, all of it is, it all just happens right around it. A bunch of stories just happen to, to yeah. take place right around now. 
thought it was a little weird. Uh, okay, so I do want to talk about this one story. This guy who throws a baby shower for his four baby mothers. Uh, or I think it was five, actually. Yeah, five. Five baby mothers. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a minor thing. Uh, we do have the video right here, right? Yeah, we do have the video. Okay. So my question is I'm okay, there, there's a few things. First of all, this sounds like something a professional athlete would do. Yeah, well he's he, the guy claims to be like a professional musician, not like a famous one, but yeah. Well, if he makes enough money, right? I don't know. I mean, look, I don't know how much money non-famous musicians make. I mean, there's a lot of musicians who make zilch. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, I'm surprised, honestly, that all of them showed up. Well, I'm you surprised that there wasn't a fight either. That too. <laughs> That's pretty incredible that they're getting along so well. I mean, shout out to the guy. It's a crazy move. Uh I'll give him like I mean it's it's a crazy move, like you said the money like you know how much it costs to like raise one child like five at the same time is insane. So he must be making um, a lot of money with that music. Yeah, I mean five five and five different women. He was very active. Um, you can't really I mean you can't really blame him because uh, the way that people live in Queens like you can't walk from one room to the next without bumping into somebody. <laughs> Well, this, day, this was apparently in Queens. It was in Queens. Maybe he's a Met um, fan. Maybe he was a Met fan. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but which is, yeah, underrated, like one of the craziest uh, boroughs. Um, but it's, it's it, Queen. I mean, and Queens also, like, if you ever see like videos of Queens, the Queens is the most like populated borough and it has, it's just added to its population by five. Uh, <laughs> but it's, they have like one train system. If you ever see like the, uh, the train platforms are just like filled in the morning. It's ridiculous. But well, uh, so yeah, maybe you're just so many people in Queens that you just bump into five women at the same time. It's crazy that all the women also are like at the same like time of their pregnancy. So he was just like, he just fucked like five days in a row and just didn't underrated, underrated, maybe worst pullout game in the history of mankind. <laughs> I mean, like, you, you would think you would throw a condom on at some point, right? Yeah, you, you would you, you would think. Well, like I said, it re- it really sounds like a, it really sounds a lot like something uh, like a professional athlete would do. Uh, it's like fool me once, shame on me. For shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Is five times. <laughs> uh, no fisticuffs. I do have a a, a story. What we talk about fisticuffs. But I was I I bartend on a boat for work, and there was a party boat one night where a baby mother had gotten onto the boat, and like the side chick of the guy who promoted it and it turned into a brawl on the boat and uh one of the security guards went to break up the brawl and the baby mother took a big uh like metal chair and threw it and it nailed the security guard in the face holy (laughs) shit so this this i think that the the most underrated part was that there wasn't fisticuffs at this thing yeah the queens queens like five baby mothers just sounds like hell and this guy's life by the way is just going to be hell right i mean five baby mothers all kids at the same exact age it, it could it, it could be depending on uh how much money he makes yeah it, it sounds like <laughs> hell. it sounds like hell but you did remind me of like tyree kill 
Tristan Thompson has a ton but of at big the same time, at, yeah, no, right, like something Tyree Kill would do or something like that. And but the yeah. the thing is, though, it's like he's saving money. You can't have it's it's cheaper than having five different separate baby showers. Yeah, it was. It's crazy. Like Tyree Kill's done it. Uh, Tristan Thompson's done it. By the way, Tristan Thompson suspended for steroids. He's so addicted to cheating that he had to bring it into basketball. So. <laughs> Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's like, it's crazy. Like, I feel like, uh, it's just like, especially if you're an athlete, like a rich athlete, like how do you not be more careful? Like, you know, that there's probably going to be people trying to trap you and stuff like that. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like you have to be more careful. Yeah. You, you, I guess they're not worried about it because they make so much money. And what about like when he's like, what about like when this guy's like, like I assume that because he had five baby mothers, the same one that he doesn't have a girlfriend. So like, what about like when he's like going into the dating world? Yeah, how does that? Five kids with five different women. Like, you think he's gonna get them confused? Um, I, no, I don't think it's so. Antonio Cromartie couldn't remember his kids' names. No, and and I was gonna say Cromartie, but there's no way like Nick Cannon knows like all of his kids, right? No, like, there's, there's no, no way. way he could, like, <laughs> He go like 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 what's gonna happen like when Nick Cannon like passes in sixty years or whatever like that will ceremony they should they should televise it yeah <laughs> um, but this is crazy I I can't even imagine like it, this is just ridiculous five and the fact that he did it and that they all showed up and were friendly with each other is maybe the sh- most shocking part yeah <laughs> it's, yeah I, I don't. I, I I just thought it was uh, pretty funny. Um, so you saw the story. Sports Illustrated is going the way of the Pac-12. Uh, mm-hmm. It basically is the Pac-12 of publications. It's like everybody feels really bad about it, uh, it seems like. Uh, but also you have to acknowledge that it is just not profitable, mm-hmm. just like the uh, Pac-12. Yeah, I. it's sad because like when I was a kid, I would get Sports Illustrated uh, every week. Um, and I would always read Sports Illustrated. I love Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated kids, too, with uh, Buzz Beamer, the little blonde kid. Um, I love Sports Illustrated. It's Magazines are not profitable anymore. Um, RP a lot. I remember, like, uh, being, like, a kid also, like, uh, when, like, I, I remember, like, a couple times, like, when I was a kid, like, we'd be at the grocery store, and my mom would have, like, a lot of stuff. Like, I was probably, like, 12 or 13, and my mom would like be buying a lot of stuff, and I would try and sneak the, uh, without her noticing, I would try and sneak the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition into the buying, and just hope that I would get it. Um, it was shout out to Christian Harper, by the way, uh, Jared Goff's girlfriend, last cover model for the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. Um, now they're not going under yet, but they're laying off the entire staff. They got caught earlier uh, using Chat GBT for articles uh, earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, magazines aren't profitable anymore, obviously. But but it's not just the magazine. It's also the digital publication. Yeah, but, I mean, like, that wasn't going to be anywhere near. But I, my only thought was, like, this was, like, I feel like, were you a Sports Illustrated person? I was, I was a big Sports Illustrated When I was younger. Yeah. Not, I love that. in recent years. That, I liked that. And um, Sports Illustrated, like, when I was a kid, Sports Illustrated and ESPN the magazine. Yeah, for me, it was just Sports Illustrated when I was younger. But they used to have like in in classes, like sometimes, like they used to have that in class, like when you were in elementary school, they'd have like Sports Illustrated lying around, and it would be like from ten months ago or something. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I loved it, and there's so many like classic like covers and stuff, and um, I think it's sad. But 
obviously there's going to be like a new age. Like I don't think there's going to be like books, you know, newspapers much anymore. I mean, like you, you, like, as you know, like you don't even need to read books anymore because you just use audible. I listen to books. I can't read. The thing is there are very few things I hate more than reading. Right. Physically. I don't mean listening, like physically reading. It's not my favorite thing. I, I, really also like, I think like also the, the market is just so oversaturated as well with Sports Illustrated. Like you have every other um, sports publication has their online digital and then you have podcasts and radio shows and whatever. Like it's so oversaturated and it used to – forgetting about the digital, like Sports Illustrated used to come out every week, which is like yeah. – now it kind of reminds me of like um, when Mike and the Mad Dog first started and stuff – you only you you would have to wait till the morning to get like sports reactions, and now like one of the reasons that sports radio is kind of going or all radio is going kind of under is you can have the reaction now, yeah, and immediate. So like I think the market's just so oversaturated as well. Yeah, well, I would yeah to an extent. I mean, it, it, that certainly does hurt radio. Although I think radio will always be like people say radio is a dying industry. I don't totally agree. I think there'll always be some type of demand for radio. As long as people drive, uh, there's going to be radios in the car and there's going to be radio stations. Like, like I think there's at least seems to be some sort of market for radio, but podcasting certainly is a better alternative in a lot of ways than, than radio. Yeah. Uh, especially well, I, listen to like, I, I listen to like, I listen to like, and I listen to like the Michael K show, like the podcast of it. Like a lot of people do that as well. Like yeah. the podcast yeah. of the show. Yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely. You I don't mean, have to be there at three o'clock. Like, you know, you could do it whenever. Right, right. I did that with Kirk and Callahan when they, right. when they were still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I thought that podcast, like, but most of the money that they're making is off of like the, the actual like radio ratings. Oh, very, right. very little of it is from the streaming. Right. Um, I don't know if you also saw this. The WWE signed a deal to move Raw to Netflix. Antonio Cromartie's favorite show. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, but uh, the, well, the big news of it was five. It was five billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you then: If you think that um, if if the WWE can get five billion uh, for you know one show a week, which is Raw's one show a week. What the, like the NBA TV contracts are going to come up soon? Um, what do you think they could command from a, a streaming service if one raw a week commands five billion? I mean, they the NBA could get you know a ridiculous amount. Yeah, I assume so. Well, I think that you can watch on some streaming services. You can watch NBA games. Yeah, but not like this. This is like exclusive Netflix. Right, uh, the, right. the league that has it, the MLS, has a deal with the Apple TV. Um, it's, you can only watch the games on Apple TV. Uh, I made a prediction that I don't think is that crazy now, which is that in about 20 years, uh, the Super Bowl won't be on television anymore. I think that I, everything I, is going to go to streaming. And we saw it. There was a playoff game only on streaming. Yeah. Um, that's the way of the world. And, you know, the um, the NFL, they said, lost 10 to 15 million viewers by going to the streaming, but what does it matter to the NFL? Cause they got paid a boatload by Peacock. Yeah. I also, in my case, it didn't matter. Cause I actually have Peacock. Right. Um, a lot of people do, but I'm saying like, 
the only reason the NFL cares about viewership is because of the money they would get from advertisers. But if you're already getting the money, then the viewership doesn't really matter that much. Like, right. yeah, we'll some viewers. But and people money. also often get so mad about like businesses trying to make a profit, maximize their profits, which I don't know what else like the NFL is supposed to do. It's not unethical to move a game to streaming. It's just a bit inconvenient to some some of the users. But if you think about it, you pay money for cable where you get access to the NFL. So you're paying money for that. Or, you know, you go get a drink at a bar or something. You pay money for that. You pay money for pretty pretty much everything that you feel is worth spending your time doing. Right. And paying for streaming services is very common and really is not like, – like I wouldn't mind – I would rather just pay – it would be cheaper for most people to watch all their sports on streaming and only pay for streaming services than to pay for cable. Right, because but, like, and then also that's, like that's the thing I don't get. Right, like also like because then when the game is over on Peacock, I can go watch a movie on it. I can watch other shows. Like you're getting other things for the cheapness yeah. of it is not bad. Uh, I want to point also, out also like how people get cable, they get all of these hundreds, thousands of channels. How many of them do they watch? Yeah, exactly. And you have to pay like the way cable works. You have to like if you, if you want ESPN, they're like, well, you have to pay for HGTV. Well, I don't want HGTV. It doesn't matter. It's part of the package. Like that's how they work it. Um, so I do. I, I really don't. I agree. I don't mind streaming services. I watch most of my stuff on streaming anyway because I watch yeah. stuff on my phone and computer. Uh, I want to point out, by the way, one of the stupidest things ever. Uh, I cut. We cut cable, so I I don't have cable anymore. I have Hulu, which has live TV, but it doesn't have MSG Network. So I wanted to watch the Knicks this year. So I got NBA League Pass, and NBA League Pass blocks out your local team. What's I mean, the point of NBA League Pass then? Yeah, Th- that would be like if NFL Plus blocked out Jet games. Yeah, ES- e- ESPN does the same thing, where ESPN Plus shows every NHL game, but you can't get the Rangers because you're Did in. You cancel it, or do you still have it? No, I canceled League Pass. I saw oh, ESPN okay. Plus, but I don't. I don't care about hockey that much. To no, yeah, no. I was talking about League Pass. But it's so stupid. Like it's like well, that's the one reason I'm watching it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the uh, the world is going to go to streaming. You already see it. Like a lot of a lot of MLB games are on streaming now. Yeah, only like Prime and Apple TV. A lot of and, Met, there are some Met games that are only on Apple TV. Right. Um, and like the NFL Thursday nights are only on streaming and they're, yeah. I, I could see them. They'll probably start moving other games. Like, like Saturday nights might only be on streaming. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. College football too. Yeah. Um, all right. So thanks for tuning in everybody. Uh, make sure you buy, uh, you can watch the show on Peacock. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just no. You can watch us on YouTube. Uh, we're not we're, we're not streaming service worthy. <laughs> but all right, so we'll be back next week. This is moving the goalposts.